Hello. Hi there. Hi. Uh, this is Cityscape with the Pink Font, and we are the podcast that talks smack about uh, Sex in the City and various other romantic comedies. And uh, this is a big day for us, Miranda, the co-host, not the character. Why is it a big day, Paige? Because it is the season finale <gasps> of season one. Look at wow, we've we've made we've made some quick time of season one. Yeah, we've we've committed to meeting each other twelve times in the period wow. of three months. Yeah, with our busy three? busy schedules. Yeah, I guess you're right. And yeah, we'll we- make a yeah, we're gonna make a special announcement at the end. Uh, because we're going to be reviewing another really sexy movie for oh our season, our, our season break. So uh, I think I'm most excited for that. God, uh, <laughs> you're more just, excited. Well, no, I mean, I'm excited for this, but wow. <laughs> Listeners, you're in for a fucking treat. Yes. Yes. Yes, you are. But first, you have to listen to us talk about season one, episode 12, in order to get there, people. All right. Episode 12. Episode 12 is called Oh Come All You Faithful. And it is about religion, how it impacts the interplay of a relationship. The two main plots, well, there are three. The three main plots are between Carrie, obviously, Samantha, and Miranda, the character. Carrie finds out that Big attends church every Sunday with his mother. And she has a strong reaction to that because she, like, wants to meet his mom and tries to get invited to this thing that he does with his mom on Sundays and he's like no this is like a thing I do with my mom on Sunday like this is a this is our like private thing and then so what does Carrie do she goes to church and sits up on the balcony pew with Miranda in the front row Miranda the the character not Miranda the co-host and without fail um drops a bible or a hymnal when she goes to stand up and everyone in the church looks back and big looks at her and is like upset that she kind of invaded his private space with his mother. Um, they're supposed to go on a vacation together and the episode culminates with Carrie not going on vacation with big and breaking up with him because she wants a sign and he can't give that to her. He can't give her a definitive commitment of any sort. And they break up. So that's Mer- that's Carrie's plot. And then Samantha, at the beginning of the episode, has been converted to the church of, of relationships. She has met the perfect man. She thinks she could marry him. Um, she waits to have sex with him. And then she and he finally decide to to hit the sheets only for her to find out that he has a micro penis. 
and it's devastating to her. Um, and yet she can't bring herself to have an honest conversation about it because he's the perfect man. So that's Samantha's plot line. And then uh, Miranda, the character, is in the beginning of the episode in a relationship with uh, a playwright who comes from, she finds out, a Catholic background. Um, and every time they have sex, uh, right after he is finished, he has to go shower to wash the sin away. So they ultimately break up because Miranda's like, hey, spend some fucking time with me after like coming. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. I got to go shower. And she tries to like help him, which she went about it the wrong way, in my opinion. Oh, but, she went about it the wrong way. But she's like, it, you know, it's not, it's not a sin like us having sex. And he has this like very, very like, strong reaction probably because it's a conversation he's had a million times and he breaks up with her oh so. my god that go. scene that scene um i guess i'll get the the ball rolling do um, it I don't. I know nothing about Catholic dating dating hangups uh, because I am not Catholic. Um. So, um, the, the whole, I the whole, was baptized yeah. Catholic. So okay, yeah. Because uh, there's going to be a lot about that playwright that I might say that may not be accurate because that's not. I mean, I know the sta- saints. I know. Uh, I I know about nuns. I know about priests. I know a little bit about the New Testament. Everything else, yeah. Who knows? Um, but uh, Carrie also thinks that relationships are the new are the new religion of the nineties. Oh God! That made God. my eyes roll twice in the back of my head. I just I hate. I hate the questions that she poses so often in the episodes. I'm like, God, Carrie, can you phrase this any differently? Yeah. Cause this is stupid. That's like, yeah. I was like, you ask dumb questions. So you're going to get dumb answers. Yeah. In this class. <laughs> I feel like the, the more, the more poorly phrased or thought out the thesis question is, like the more ridiculous the antics are. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and it's almost like she you know you could answer this in your question. Therefore it doesn't need to be a question. Lord. My my first note was how would you not have had a conversation with your partner about religion or like going to church regularly with their family. Like, I don't, I think what I understand, like not within the first, like maybe couple of dates or like couple of weeks of dating, not necessarily venturing into, well, actually I don't, because I feel like, you know, if things come up naturally, like that's not a bad thing. And you don't have to like put off a conversation because it's too early. If it feels mm-hmm. natural to talk about it, 
but I just can't imagine like not knowing whether or not my partner of, of several months, like of over six months being religious or not, that would have to come up or just like, you haven't noticed that he has something going on with his mother every Sunday. You haven't asked how his parents are doing. I don't know. It's just like, that doesn't make, it's a weird, a weird like television show mistake. I feel like, because naturally these conversations would have come up after months yeah, of dating. But also however, how big is and being very cagey with the information about his past that he does give to Carrie. It also doesn't surprise me that he just wouldn't mention it. Like there, there's a lot of things that about this episode that don't make sense. That don't make sense because yes, I am. I am with you that of course this would, this would come up in a month and within a month, but not like three months. Like I definitely agree that he like, and I think this ties into what she's saying. Like she feels like she has to fight to be a part of his life and he's closed off. But even with that, I'm saying that you have permission to ask your partner questions. So even if they are withholding or not necessarily the first one to share something voluntarily, I feel like you would still have the power to ask the question at some point and it, and in a natural way, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, maybe not, maybe I, maybe this is just a classic example of how I overshare too quickly and have an intense personality. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I recently found out and was given the feedback that I have an intense personality. Oh, Oh, from a friend. A friend was like, you, you do kind of have an intense personality. And and I was shocked um, to learn that. And then someone else, I, I, I asked someone, I was like, do you agree that I have an intense personality? And they were like, I think the adjective I would use would be focused. You have a very focused personality. And I don't know whether or not that was a compliment or an insult. I think it, I think focused is a, is a compliment. I think it's a compliment. Thank you. Because, because, because when somebody, when I say strong, when, when, when I hear the word, somebody has a strong personality, I know not to fuck with that person. Or I know that they are like, they are not going to let me get away with shit, with my bullshit. So I do, I would not take that as a as a as an insult. I'm I would say that that's to your benefit. Well, thank you. Because that keeps you protected. I just don't have a lot of time to waste, and See? I also yeah. I also just like paying attention. I don't know. So someone, a friend, gave me feedback also that I part of I think what makes me seem intense is that in conversation when I'm in person with someone, I give a lot of eye contact, which I guess most people don't. Oh, no, not, not during pandemic times. We're so used to looking at ourselves in the camera or, or like, uh, we, we just don't, we just don't like looking people in the eyeballs. 
feel because like we feel like we're going to see something or, or invasive or especially when that person looks back at you and you I can love, like see I love that moment oh you see favorite it took me a while to to enjoy the moment where you see the little person behind the eyes waving at you or giving you the middle finger yeah the, the, I like that moment a lot the little dude behind your eyes that's really like working the engine of your brain it's the man behind the curtain it's the man the wizard of oz in your head the eyes are the windows to the wizard and he's like i am oz the great (laughs) and powerful who are you hi what's uh, your next note um my next note um was actually i love i love that samantha is the only woman in this group i take that back i take that back miranda miranda the character not miranda the co-host even though miranda the co-host does do this um well just is not afraid to do things by herself because she wants to without shame I know so many people who who don't go see movie like well back in the before times would never go try a new restaurant without somebody with them or would never go see a movie that they wanted to see if somebody wouldn't go with them like they were just afraid to do things alone and I'm not that person like if 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 somebody isn't free to do something I'm not going to stop myself from from doing it um that's just me you can say i'm selfish or uh, yeah like i i admired that yeah i took a note on that too because i'm definitely someone who i like really enjoy um doing things on my own and it reminds me of uh sabrina the like 1997 remake with um harrison ford yeah and i'm uh, listening and Julia Armand, I think is her name. And yeah. um, when Sabrina's in in Paris, and it's this is like before she goes through her transformation, um, she's at a market and runs into her boss from Vogue. And it's this, you know, beautiful, confident French woman and talking to her. And she she says to Sabrina, you seem embarrassed by your loneliness. And like, you know, you should, and essentially I like, I love that line in the whole conversation because it really gets to the root, I think, of this idea that we should feel ashamed when we are doing things alone, like, and we don't have to, because we should be able to give ourselves, like, we should have the permission to enjoy our own company. Yeah. And, and to do things for ourselves because we enjoy doing them regardless of having another person present. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I appreciate about it too, in the context of Samantha in this moment is that like, I don't know, to, to give it a social media perspective spin, this is before there's any opportunity to like really update a status or like take an Instagram story video or whatever to show people. Look how much fun I'm having. Yeah, exactly. And like, you didn't have to prove it in order 
for it to be a worthy experience. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that's how like everyone feels all the time when they're posting on social media, but I do think it's a worthy thing to explore. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I like that moment a lot too. Um, let's see here. Um, but in the process of doing things by herself, she meets this very interesting man and they, they talk throughout the night and, uh, early morning walks her home. And this is my note. That motherfucker is feeding her Krispy Kreme. Like it's a gourmet donut. Fuck that. He bought her a Krispy Kreme and she is polite and acted like she never had a Krispy Kreme. Maybe she didn't have a Krispy Kreme. I, I was going to say, I maybe she didn't have a Krispy Kreme. Like, oh no, it's a sugar-coated carb. None for me, thanks. Okay. Well, they sell that shit in gas stations now. So Well, yeah, I think I think that I think the implication is that they were they were like walking around in the wee hours and stopped like at a 24-hour bodega or like small quick mart. And he was, he was like, I'm going to get some Krispy Kremes. Do you want one? And she's like, no, absolutely not. And he's like, oh, come on, you got to try it. Like, I think, I think it's more of the implication of like, they're having such a great time just spending time together and like, they don't want to end the night. So they make a date of like going to a corner mart. And I don't know, I, I don't think it was necessarily like a he's trying to impress her with Krispy Kremes. Like, Uh I I think it was to really indicate an immediate, like, comfort and enjoyment of the company. But that might be the romantic in me, so. Oh, you're probably, your impulse is probably better than mine. I should probably not critique a man who buys a woman a Krispy Kreme. Frankly, if someone, (laughs) if someone bought donuts and was like, here, let me put this in your mouth, the donut. I'd be like, yes. Okay. Maybe I am overreacting because the fact that he, he was all up on saying, you got to try it. Krispy Kreme. Wait a minute. Hang on. I will take back what I just said, because if they just left that Krispy Kreme at like, let's just say it was 4am and they walked into Krispy Kreme right when they had that first batch of Krispy Kreme donuts. Okay, every let's forget the last two minutes of my complaint. I mean, let's Those not, Krispy Kremes are awesome. It was a really thoughtful conversation, so we can't forget it quite yet. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But now, um, if it, yeah, if a dude who, who, uh, a dude who gets the first batch of Krispy Kreme, mm. cool. All right, yes, I'm, I'm I'm with you. Okay, uh, it does not take much to woo me back into your arms, good sir. Like a a fresh donut at four a.m. God, I want one. Um, my 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 note is food related. My next one, and it's simply that I made the observation that Carrie and Big eat a lot of spaghetti together. Like it seems to be their like go to meal to cook. Yep. And part of me is, part of me is like, I wonder, I wonder if that's more of just, it's the easy, it was the easiest thing for the show, you know, um, in terms of a choice, like, or maybe that's the only thing he knows how to cook is Italian cuisine. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. 
he doesn't he doesn't strike me as somebody who has uh well i mean he does have a sophisticated palette yeah but like he i can't imagine him cooking lamb chops in like a greek style potatoes or you like lamb right sweetie Are you gonna cut her meat for her too, Cal? Uh, no, no, no sauce, please. <laughs> I like. And we just made a very subtle Titanic reference, <laughs> uh, <laughs> randomly in this commentary. That that's a that's a Titanic B side in the middle of a Sex in the City critique. Nowhere oh, else man. will you find that, folks. You're welcome. Nowhere, nowhere but here. <laughs> um, my next note uh, was about that religious spiel from that neurotic playwright that Miranda, the character, not Miranda, the co-host, is sleeping with. And uh, he take he likes to take a shower after they have sex. He takes a shower every time. Um, uh, it, it, I guess his inner inner it, his his inner mind thinks that it's like symbolic of of sin, and he's got to wash the sin away. Miranda gets like, it, it, he's Miranda's bothered by this and says something, and it, it is. I can't I I wish that I had actually written down what he says word for word but as a writer myself I could I could see the writing on the wall like from the start of the episode that like whatever happens in this relationship is going to be staged there is nothing about this relationship that <laughs> That that is suiting her, except for he gets to be mad at her and and writes a show called Shower of Shame that gets produced two months later. It's a terrible title. I so what I was thinking about and in that like related to this, my note says this is supposed to be like a show that features, you know, good sex. And I'm just like watching this and it's like, oh, this is not good. Like there's no way Miranda, the character was having good, like every time there's. It was always missionary, missionary position every damn time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know. And she was like digging it. Which every damn time. You know what? Sometimes missionary is a delight. Um. But like every, t- you know what, whatever floats your boat, yeah. whatever, whatever helps the horn. I'm but not, you know. but I'm just saying that from my, uh, my personal perspective, I do not think that these women were having good sex in these oh. scenes. I mean, obviously it's a show, but oh no, if oh, it no. were real life. But you know, he was, re- you know, the reason why I was missionary every time. He well, was in then. rehearsal. He was in rehearsal for that scene in his head. Stop. It was. Oh no! 
I'm a writer. I know this shit. I bet he was rehearsing. He's been rehearsing ways to get that reaction out of this person so he could write about it later. See, I'm going to, I'm going to say that the reason it was missionary every time was because that's like the least sinful position because it's as God intended, you know, (laughs) man on top and woman not enjoying herself on the bottom. Oh God. I even, okay, yes, yes. And I'm going to add on more to that. I also have a theory that that was in the actor's writer that you could only see him from, from a waist up. Yes. And, uh, and that was the, uh, that was the, the, the uh, one that they uh, collaborated on in, in, this was before they actually had intimacy directors. So I don't know how they, I don't know who was in charge of blocking the sex scenes. Um, (laughs) Now they have people to do that now to protect everybody. Um, They didn't back in 98. I think that yeah, yeah. It was the 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 least sinful act of sin, and also uh, the the contracts. Both not very sexy, not very sexy in terms of of uh, of being sexually freeing. I just uh, I understood like the character's frustration, I guess, because it like coming, I don't know, coming from that kind of background and then navigating it in my own way as a queer, queer friend, Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, even when you stop like subscribing to, uh, a denomination or church entirely, like that doesn't change the foundational thoughts that were laid as a child yeah and as and someone growing up so you know trauma for all oh yeah and there's no the to quote my my friend Davey there's no hurt like church hurt uh that is accurate (laughs) accurate I think that should be the title of the episode church hurt Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Good job, you. Yeah. Um, Thanks, next... Davey. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank you, sir. Um, hope he magically becomes one of our listeners. Um, <laughs> my next note is a quote from Big after Carrie's like pushing to meet his mom. And after like when they're talking at the church, and he he says my my mother doesn't need to meet another girlfriend and that is such a pointed line and i related to it simply because <laughs> simply because i've i've dated my share of serial monogamists and I now I've never been off put in terms of like, no, you don't need to meet this person. Um, 
but definitely this idea of like, ah, it's just the next one in line. Like, and, and he follows that up with a, I need to do things on my time, on my time frame, because it's, it's all about his, his process. It's his, like his wants and needs and everyone else's specifically the partner that he's dating this case, Carrie, her needs be damned. And that reminded me of the time that I had the friend of my partner tell me to just follow his timeline, that things would just happen when he was ready for them to happen. And I just needed to be patient. Uh, They think they're being so helpful, don't they? I mean, no. No, they're, you're not. They're not. They're being enablers, and yeah. and they've seen it all before. So, and yeah. Also, that's just like really cruel to yeah. like to, to like give someone help, or like that hope of like, yeah, if I just like hold on a little bit longer, things are gonna change, and it's gonna be different this time. Nope. 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 Not, not going to happen. <laughs> um, but, but about the timeline bit, I actually had a note on that. Mm. We desperate. And also, it also um, links into what you just said. You can't really blame us for sticking around in that situation because we really really want to believe that and uh here here here's where it it, where it it turns on to american pop culture in terms of romance this kind of um display in the media that we consume such as as this current episode of sex in the city puts it in our puts it in our psyche that like Oh, if we're patient, just like this person is in this fictional world, Mm -hmm. it'll really happen for me. But it's, yeah, the fictional world on your TV set is not the real world. And uh, the writers constructed this person who could possibly be able to change. Um, The person in front of you who's living is, and breathing is, is not, I mean, their script is, is off the cuff. Um, there's no, it's all there's improv. no, it's all, all improv, improv, baby. Yeah. yeah. It's all long form, baby. Long form. And, um, <laughs> for life, long form for life. Yeah. There is uh, no author. There's no, there's no, Yeah. I think it absolutely propagates this idea that like, if you just, if you just like hold out hope that, you know, it's going to be, it's going to turn out different because no, man, she's just like, it's not going to change ever. ever. Sugar sugar agrees. Sugar. Um, so that's sugar. That's sugar, everybody. So yeah, um, it just like, it propagates that idea that like, I just gotta, 
I gotta, I gotta hold on and don't let go. And maybe like, this is going to change for the better for like us. And this person is going to like magically tell me they love me. And, or you can change their mind. There's something that you can do. There's some magical trick or a magical Mm -hmm. shift, or I've cut my hair this way. I lose this amount of weight. I start Mm -hmm. dressing like this. There's some magic trick that I can do that will make them change their minds. And that is something that that are fairy the fairy tales that we grew up um listening to um the media that we that we all take in um as a child disney movies um i love that yeah i love them so much but it's um it does not reflect the real world and um, I hope that our generation is the last of that generation to, I mean, by all means, believe in fairy tales or not believe in fairy tales. Enjoy the fuck out of Sleeping Beauty. Enjoy the fuck out of Cinderella. Enjoy the fuck out of Little Mermaid. They're fantastic. They're, I mean, in, in, in their own way. But you can also, I mean, they're you have much better heroes, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's more of like understanding that it's real people, like people are complex, like creatures that don't follow the script, like we said. So, you know, romantic comedies love stories like some of the you know the the ones that end have happy endings um are crafted in such a way to make us feel really optimistic and hopeful um and it just doesn't always oh yeah pan out that way but that doesn't make that optimism and hope incorrect no, I mean, no, and it, no, and it doesn't make it naive either. Like, I think, I think it's okay to believe in the possibility of finding that person, um, but reconciling it with the understanding that shit is fucking hard. And yeah, and not, it's not going to look. It's not going to be silver screen ready. It's not going to be hot pink neon lights romance. It's going to be fighting tooth and nail. It's going to be being paranoid about farting in front of somebody. It's going to be a whole lot of a whole lot of uh mundane shit. I was going to say I don't you know? think that I don't think that loving someone should should have to be fighting tooth and nail. Like, I don't think, I think that this, at least what I'm learning or having to unlearn is that like real, real solid, safe, secure love doesn't have to feel dramatic or um, hard all the time. 
Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be hard all the time. But I think that like these types of romantic comedy tropes and like the type of shows or movies where there's just strife all the time because people aren't communicating is like what we're taught is is love. And it it, it is, but that doesn't mean it's healthy or yeah. anyway. Um, yeah. I only have like two notes left related uh, basically to the closing scene. So, oh, um, I don't even. I, I'm gonna gonna skip one because I don't even want to talk about Skipper. We Skipper uh, managing to to slither his way back into Miranda, the character, not the co-host's life. Um, so I'm just gonna say, by the way, that happens, and move on to micro penises it is a it is a condition and i look at my i I look at that at at that the same way that i look at like facial symmetry and you're that you were born what you look like is what you look like and what you have is what you have um I don't even, I, yeah, like I can understand Samantha being very upset by it, but in terms of like her in like, hmm, if he had all, if he has five, if he has four out of the five traits that she's looking for, you're never going to find a dude with all five. And I guess that was the fifth one that she wasn't able to go without. Um, I don't know. I, you know, here's the thing. I don't think we, I feel uncomfortable even talking about it because I do not have a penis. And I do not know anybody in my social circle who has a micro penis. And not, here's the thing, not that they would tell you. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I think it, for me, it's, uh, I think the conversation could go one of like several ways in terms of like, I don't know. I, I sleep with everybody. So like, uh, not, <laughs> not everybody, but I'm like, I don't really have like a, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I don't have a well-formed thought because yeah. it, it, I get it. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to come after Samantha and in, or yeah, I'm not going to come. I'm not coming after. Uh, if, yeah, it's I, not, if, if there's not, if there's no satisfaction there, then there's no satisfaction there, but uh, perhaps this would be an opportunity to like, have, I think a good conversation of like, all right, honestly, like this isn't, let's find some ways to like, make sure that we're both enjoying ourselves in our intimate intimate times. There was like, I think that that was the thing is like, there's no collaboration happening. It's just immediate disappointment. Yeah. Again, this is is about, this goes back to my note of like, we're supposed to be seeing like, 
the idea is like this exploration of like good sex and bad sex and also like how to have good sex. And honestly, I think a lot of it comes down to good communication, like respect and communication between all parties Mm -hmm. is going to provide the avenue for the best sex. Like, yep. Because you can say, oh, I like that or no, I don't like that this is what I need you to do in order to help me feel good. Mm-hmm. What, what can I do to help you feel good? Like, I don't know. I just, uh, people don't yeah. like talk. People yeah. don't like talking and it is. I think that's, that's what I, yeah. I think that that's like that. Uh, I was not critiquing micro penises or any, or anything, but I just felt like there, there, there need, there needed to be some collaboration there before, um, before any sort of judgment and also I'm one of those I'm one of those real private people where like what that is stuff that's go, stuff that goes on in the bedroom stays in the bedroom mm-hmm. just because like I don't like I don't like my techniques being talked about and I'm and I like unless like you're really fucking good at it. Like if you like to brag, by all means, but brag about your own prowess. But I wouldn't talk about the partners, but like because that's that that's their that's their business. Um, and may, that's I guess that's a that's a me thing. Um, I have a feeling that yours is going to be connected to my note, so go you go it. ahead and go. Oh. oh I was gonna say you go. I, I think you go ahead. Um, I thought the I need a sign thing was um uh kind of bullshit. Um uh uh like her asking for a sign from him. I think she's been getting the signs that this is not working. If that's I don't know. I, I I'm just gonna mark this note off because I realize now that we've we've talked about so many different things that are like I'm not even sure what I me- meant by that now. See, I I understood what she was saying because like I've had that conversation and I don't think it's bullshit to say like I I need to understand where you're at. Mm-hmm. What what I will say is that if you have to have a conversation where you're asking for something, like if you're asking, like if you're asking them to say, like to pro- proclaim their love for you, then that is a, probably an indication that something's wrong. Mm-hmm. But that's probably my own bias because, in my experience, when I've had to say, like why don't you love me? Or why, why won't you just, can you just tell me? Like, we don't have to say it all the time. We don't have to like, we don't have to even really say anything about it to anyone, but like, please, can you just tell me that I'm right and that I'm not alone in this? Um, and that shit sucks. And also usually turns out in a way that you don't want it to, because mm-hmm. if if you have to ask for it, it's like that. It's probably not there, um, or it's not there in a healthy way. Oh, That's but she but she loves you. So I think sugar. Sh- sugar was just like nah, nah. I love you. 
She has a lot of opinions. This episode. Oh yeah. She, yeah, she, she has gotten very upset at the most appropriate times. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess you're right. It did. Uh, I, cause my, I did have a note that said like, I've had this conversation and it sucks. Um, before that I had a note from where Carrie was talking to Miranda before she says she can't go on the vacation with him and they break up and she she's talking about the trip and the trip to the Caribbean that they're planning on going on. And she's like, it feels like a consolation prize for not letting me into his life. And I think that shit like that happens where, okay, I can't be completely open and vulnerable with you emotionally, or I can't share this, these parts of my life with you. So let's make different memories of like going on this vacation or doing this quirky date thing and that'll make up for you not having access to certain parts of me. Now I will say that I also agreed with Big though that Carrie was out of line with going to the church service. Oh I was totally on his side. That was a big boundary for him. Yeah. Like simultaneously, it's fucked up that he would say stuff like, you know, it has to be on my timeline, but also it's an easy boundary to respect of like, okay, like church, church time is for you and your mom. I'm not going to interrupt that. Yeah. But then, but then it leads into the conversation of like, I'd like to meet your mother outside of church then, because that's really what she was saying is like, I want to meet your family. Like, I want to have that time with you. And, um, feel like this is going somewhere and I guess it's ultimately that conversation that they have that leads to their breakup and like my final note on that was like I you know what like damn right like we deserve a little a little certainty from someone like you just I I think everyone does deserve someone who feels sure in what they want from you yes yes i think that is that is getting an a in the class in terms of of finding whatever soulmate means to various different people but it's hard yeah um and on paper it looks so simple but when you you say the words out loud, it becomes very difficult. Hey, Paige, guess what? What? We just we just got through the whole first season of Sex in the City. Fuck yeah, we did. <laughs> and we we I I am enjoying it. I oh am enjoying God. it. I I see. I see the point. Um, I'm getting the references after the fact. After the fact. Um, I guess we should probably make that announcement. So um, Miranda and I are going to take a two-week break um, uh, from uh, Sex and the City. And then during one of those weeks, 
we are going to be discussing in depth the um uh the movie secretary oh god starring james spader and maggie gyllenhaal oh gosh listeners Okay, I'm going to say that if you listen to this podcast regularly, which is like six of you, you need to watch Secretary before you listen to us talk about it. Um, Yes, absolutely. If you're going to participate in the episode, I guess. Um, I will say some, some, you know, trigger warnings. There there is strong reference and imagery of self-harm and of potentially abusive behaviors so between um, a man and a woman. So if, the, if those are things that are harmful to you and your safety, don't watch the film and maybe don't listen to that episode. Um, and then also uh, just be prepared for it's on hbo max oh my god so uh james spader um in this movie is like a sexual orientation all on himself it's a very specific brand like it is very sexy yeah like very specific (laughs) and when you see it you know that you swing that way yeah i will i will say like for just a vague um, explanation of what the movie is, it's like the precursor to Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes, but without without like the Twilight influence, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and still kind of poorly researched. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So that should help. But still. It's it's a I'm so I, excited that, to talk yeah, about it. It's it's a very it's a very it's this movie captures the imagination. And that yes. is why we are going to talk about it. And uh we are so excited. Um I yeah. got my calendar marked on when I'm gonna watch the movie. I got three hours worth of time to watch this movie and just and, and just go wild. It's going to be good. Um, meanwhile, if you have any questions or if you have, um, if you have uh, fan- fantasies about uh, James Spader, mm. uh, feel free to send those fantasies over to cityscapepink at gmail. I am Paige Scott. I can be found at Pageless Scott on Twitter and Instagram. Nice. And I am Miranda, the co-host. I'm found at Miranda Narig. On Twitter only. Because she's great at that one thing. <laughs> that one thing. That one only social one thing. media thing. And then Facebook. Arguably, I'm not like great Twitter, but. <laughs> <laughs> the, your gift game is always strong. Um, I try. That I, I do. I do endeavor for a strong gift game. Yeah. That I respect. I respect strong gift games. Thank you. Ah, anyways, I uh, we'll we'll see you later, Internet. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.